grace and peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church and especially those of you visiting with us today. We're so glad that you're here with us. On each one of the pews there is a black folder. It's of our friendship pad and we'd love to have you fill it out and pass it down the road so others can do that too so we can see who's here with us today in worship. Uh, as we start the beginning of this new year, we have all sorts of things that you'll see in the connections that are inside of your bulletin, including a week from tonight we are beginning for the first time in many years, an Alpha group. In Alpha, it is a place to explore Christian faith and ask questions in a safe environment, to have conversations with one another. Dinner is included. We hope that you'll come and that you'll invite somebody else to come with you. You can sign up on the patio today, but if you don't sign up, just come anyway, and we will make sure that we find a spot for you. We will make it work. You can see more information about it that's inside of the Connections. Also, our women's retreat is beginning to sign up. It is going to be in March. Courtney Ellis, who is one of the associate pastors at Mission Viejo Church of the Master, is going to be our speaker. And we are trying out something new this year. We have the option of Tai Chi during some of the free time. And you don't even have to stand on one foot. I made sure when we talked to the teacher, you can do it with both your feet on the ground. So we hope that you'll sign up to come to the retreat. And that information is out there, too. You can see on the front of the connections that we have a healthy lifestyles group that meets on Wednesdays. If the new year finds you making all sorts of resolutions about trying to change and have a healthy lifestyle, um, this group would welcome you. They meet at 8.15 or 8.30 on Wednesday mornings in the music room, which is right here off of the alley on this side. 
Also, we are signing up on the patio today to donate flowers. So the way that works is the way we have flowers in the sanctuary, and that then at the end of the service, the deacons can take them and take them to shut-ins or to people who are ill. The way that happens is that people sign up on a list out there, and they give $75 for the church to buy the flowers, and then you can write a dedication. So you can, it can be in honor of somebody's birthday or an anniversary or just something else that you want to, to commemorate. However, we have nobody signed up for flowers for next week and for several Sundays coming up. So we think what's going to happen is if nobody signs up, there won't be any flowers. So you might want to do that today if you enjoy having the flowers there and the opportunity for somebody to receive them from the deacons. That list is on one of the carts that is out on the patio today. Also, we have a blood drive. As you can see, a Red Cross blood drive coming up. And we are signing up for both participants and, to, and donors, people who can help run it, and also people who can be donors for that. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let us pray. O oh Lord, your star of wonder calls us yet again to Bethlehem. And we find ourselves carrying with us the hopes and fears of our own lives and of our world. We're so drawn to your perfect light, light in the darkness of doubt, of fear, of sin. So this morning as we come to worship you, draw us with the wise men into the mystery of your love. Let us see and adore you anew. Amen.
to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. The people people who who walked walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Let us stand and praise God together.
Hear the call to confession. This is the message we have heard from God and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And so we come before him and tell him the truth about ourselves. Let us pray. God of promise, God of light, God of hope. We confess that we are creatures who either through foolishness or willfulness often choose darkness instead of light. Here and now we surrender to you our fears that we may trust in your goodness again. We confess our all too often short-sightedness, our pride, our apathy towards change and renewal. Forgive the darkness and pain that we have inflicted on others and help us to live as children of light, to know and to do all that is good and right and true. And so we bring to you the silent confessions of our hearts. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, hear the good news. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Proclaim the good news that the Savior is born, and in him we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Happy New Year to you all.
Presbyterians are always a little hesitant to respond to the pastor verbally, I think. (laughs) This is the day that we celebrate Epiphany. It is a light coming upon all people. Jesus is celebrated in Scripture as a light not just for Israel and for the church, but for all people. And so today we not only celebrate Jesus as the light, but that Jesus calls us to be the light to everybody else in the world. We are the people of God. We are the light of the world. In the midst of recognizing that we are the light, we come into the midst of the difficulties of life, the conundrums that we face, and we realize there are moments where God intervenes. It's very strong in our understanding of the presence of God. They're often called theophanies, when God shows up. And for Israel, as we've been reading in Exodus, God has shown up big time at the point where they are stuck between the land and the sea, and they are able to cross over on dry ground, and the Egyptian army is swallowed up in the sea behind Israel. And so we catch Israel a point where they don't just keep going on, they stop and they celebrate something of significance, a powerful intervention of God. You may have heard by the news that over the days of the last day of the year and the first day of the coming year, there was a family who were expecting twins, and this was happening in Minneapolis. And so it came that night of New Year's Eve, and the birthing started five weeks early. The first child was born at 11.44 on January the, I'm on December the 31st, and the second child was born at 12.01 on January the 1st. And they said there was a lot of hooping and hollering in the delivery room for the fact that their children were born not only in two different years, but two different decades. And they have now quickly been named, because they were in Minneapolis, the Minnesota Twins. (laughs) There are moments where you recognize that only God could do it. And we have experienced some of those moments here in our congregation. That's what Israel is in the middle of recognizing when we reach chapter 15. Only God can make something happen of what's just happened. And we pick that up as a hymn of celebration. And let me read this together. Then Moses and the Israelites sang the song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my might, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord, Yahweh, is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he cast into the sea. He picked, his picked officers were sunk into the depths of the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like stones. 
Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrew your adversaries. You sent out your fury. It consumed them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The flood stood up in a heap, and the deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill with them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. But you blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendor, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. In your steadfast love, you led the people whom you redeemed. You guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples heard around the world. They trembled. Pangs seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom were dismayed. Trembling seized the leaders of Moab, and all the inhabitants of Canaan melted away. Terror and dread fell upon them. By the might of your arm, they became still as a stone, like a statue, until your people, O Lord, pass by, until the people whom you acquired pass by. You brought them in, and you planted them on the mountain of your own possession, the place, O Lord, that you have made your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, that your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. When the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his chariot drivers went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them, but the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously, horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. Amen. As I was reading this passage, and as I've read it in the past, it has come to me again how much I struggle with taking time out to celebrate special events. I am not a natural celebrator. Just ask my wife. And I've often thought about that and meditated on it. Why is it that I have such a hard time celebrating? And I again come to awareness of living in a house where my dad did not like to celebrate special events. He did not like Christmas. Did not want to celebrate Christmas. He did not like birthdays. We didn't celebrate birthdays. Anniversaries, there were no celebrations of anniversaries in our household. My dad was the classic bah humbug of the family. If it wasn't for my mother, we would have never celebrated anything. And so some of us struggle with celebration. I think Presbyterians particularly, in contrast to my Pentecostal background, sometimes we struggle with how emotional to get in celebrations except at football games. <laughs> but there are times to celebrate. There are times to stop 
and to pay attention to what God has done. And this was one of those great moments in Scripture and in salvation history. After 480 years in slavery and all the stuff they had been through with Pharaoh that had gotten harder and harder as Pharaoh got more and more stubborn and obnoxious, as life got tougher, they thought they weren't going to be able to get out of Egypt And then at the last minute, the Egyptian army is upon them and they have no place to go. And God opens the sea and uses that same opening to bury the enemies behind him. And so we see a clear moment in time when God intervenes for God's people. I have a few observations to make about this text very briefly. The first one is simply this. Enemies and conundrums and problems are temporary. God will solve them. We believe as we celebrate the Lord's Supper that God's going to solve human trouble in history with a permanent solution. And Jesus has come as a down payment to that. We believe that there are moments where God shows up to solve immediate issues and problems. There are powers and threats, arrogance and stubbornness from human beings that come in our way and block us, and then we cry out for God to help find the solution. And somehow, those troubles are defeated. It doesn't mean God always answers the prayers the way we want them. It means that God will bring solutions to the issues that we face. And in this particular case, there is a sense of overflowing gratitude for the overflowing solution. There's actually a play on the overflow in the text. God shows up for the chosen people. God intervenes. There is salvation. There is deliverance. The people of God and their hundreds of years of pain and frustration come to an end. Egypt is destroyed. God shatters the enemy. So my second observation is very simple. There are issues and conundrums and problems that we face and we cry out to God and God will solve those at some moment. It may take years or even centuries, but God will solve them. And we may be in the right place at the right time to be there when it happens. And we should take a moment and celebrate. My third observation is this. That when God acts and God intervenes, everyone recognizes that, even people who are at a distance who don't even believe in God. They see the intervention and the action, and they say, wow. It isn't just for us. It is often for us to be able to tell the story to other people and have them be impressed with God, how God has intervened. Now, we Presbyterians are a little shy about doing this. We're a little hesitant to tell our stories for fear that people might think we're fanatics talking about faith in public or in conversations with others. I'm here to say that many of those people are starved to hear a positive story and have God attributed to it. Let us not be shy. 
to tell the stories of how God has intervened for us. My dad, while he did not like to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and Christmas, was never hesitant to share the story of somebody who God had touched. And so there was a moment there that he really recognized the intervention of God and the celebration of that. God shows up for people, and the initial experience for the enemies around Israel were that they were threatened by that. They did not like what they heard because they served other gods and they had other beliefs and interests that didn't fit into God's agenda. And so their reaction was fear and dismay. The Philistines, the Edomites, the Moabites, the Canaanites, they were in trouble because Israel had a God who shows up and helps them and hurts the enemies they have. And so the people around us are impacted when they hear the stories of the interventions of God in our lives. Do not be hesitant to share those stories appropriately when people want to hear them. God is not just for us. Epiphany is about God shows up for the rest of the world. And we should show up for the rest of the world. We should show up for those that are outside of our comfort zone and outside of our framework and our language and our conversation. We are people that are given to show the light of God to the rest of the world. Another observation I have, which is kind of a quiet hint in this text and some other Exodus texts, and I've talked about this before. Moses has a special sensitivity to the leadership of women. In this text, Miriam is called a prophet. Do you know what a scandal that is to some people in history who believe women should not be leaders, should not be preachers, should not be people who articulate the voice of God? And here's Moses, one of the great men of history, saying, Miriam... The prophet led her people. And so we have Beth and Kathy and Linda, Suk Young, who show us clearly that women are prophets. And Moses is one of the strongest voices in the Old Testament to affirm that. My fifth observation is this. We are called to stop and celebrate in the midst of the darkness of the world when something really good happens. This is what I struggle with. We are tempted just to blast on through to the next issue and not take time out to say, thank you, Lord, or God, you are special. You have shown up for us in a big way. And so today... I'm going to change the sermon format a bit and suggest to you that there is something this congregation could celebrate. You know how we wring our hands every December along with other churches about we don't have enough money. And this year was particularly tough because the amount that we needed to receive by offerings was way beyond what we needed in previous years. By December the 31st, we had more income from your giving than we've ever had in the history per annually 
of giving in this congregation. We more than met our income budget. Over and above. That hasn't happened that we've gone over and above. And remember, we increased the budget this last year by almost $200,000 and people took a deep gulp breath. But you, in the grace of God, made it happen. Now let me say this before you clap and we celebrate. That money is not just for us. That money is about ministry for all the people out there that we need to touch in the name of Jesus. And so this is going to be a year we use more money for that purpose. But till we would not just keep on going on and not celebrate, I've asked Beth to lead us in a couple of songs recognizing that God has shown up significantly at this moment in time. And I said, you betcha. You know this song, we will remember, we will remember. We remember the works of your hands for great is your faithfulness. Let's stand and sing that together. I'll try and help us do the song, the words.
refrain a cappella. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see, all I have needed thy hand hath provided. Be seated. So we have been led by Miriam because we recognize that something special happened in this congregation this year. But here's the last observation I want to make. Just because we've had a wonderful moment of celebration doesn't mean we aren't going to have any future problems. When Israel left after the celebration, they went into the desert, the wilderness, and they didn't have enough water. They didn't have enough food. And they got very angry with Moses. There is trouble coming. We don't want to add to it. But we also don't want to deny it. And what the celebration does is recognize that God is with us in the midst of the pain and the ongoing struggle, because we've seen evidence of it already. Let us not forget, God's goodness has shown up. Let us pray. O Lord, we give great thanks that you have intervened in the life of this church, and now make us to be your light in this community, that we might show forth the wonder of who Jesus is in the midst of all the struggles of the peoples. For it is in your good name that we offer ourselves and pray. Amen. And so out of the celebration, we are invited to continue giving for 2020. And we give out of a deep sense that God has lovingly intervened. May you have those deep senses in your personal lives and the lives of your family and be able to see, celebrate, and continue to give. Amen. You'll notice we have three Miriams up here and a Moses. Thank you.
Loving God, as Magi approach the child Jesus, we follow a star of hope. We come with awe and wonder, and we bring gifts, ourselves, our time, our money, and our devotion. Send us changed and encouraged by being here this morning. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you be seated? As we have spoken to on numerous occasions about the relationship between Exodus and this table, we want to remember just a little fragment of the Gospel of Matthew that recognized that special moment in Exodus 15. After they'd had the meal together and Judas had gone out the plans to betray Jesus, they sang a hymn of praise at the end of the meal before they went out into the darkness and the Garden of Gethsemane. We sing the hymns at the tough moments to help us remember that God is present even when it's very dark. And it seems like we've lost the possibility of salvation. And this table is a reminder to us as Calvin would say to us at this table, it is a clear signal or sign that God is still present when we eat this meal together. And we, we sing hymns that God is still present and active and intervening. So this table is a welcome to God's presence at the invitation of Jesus and then to go and be the light of the world when you leave. So let us join in a great prayer of thanksgiving with these words, The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
it is right to give our thanks and praise. O Lord, we do give you thanks, for you created the world good, and you made us in your image and placed us in this world to love and to serve you. You made covenant with your people and set them free from captivity in Egypt, leaving them, leading them through the sea and through the wilderness and into the land of promise. In the fullness of time, you sent to live amongst us your very own son, coming in weakness as a tiny baby, born to humble working people into a world of conflict, and yet announced in the stars of heaven and visited by magi. He lived for you, spoke your truth, showed your love, and gave himself for the salvation of the world. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with the choirs of heaven and with all the saints, the faithful of every time and place who forever proclaim, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Merciful God, send now in kindness your Holy Spirit to settle on this bread and cup and fill them with the fullness of Jesus. And let that same Spirit rest on us, converting us from the patterns of this world until we conform to the shape of him whose food we now share. Even as we pray for the day when your will is done on earth as in heaven, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this, remembering me. And then toward the end of the meal, Jesus took the cup and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And the apostles reminded us as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we demonstrate the hope that Jesus will come again. So let us be the people of God. May we come and participate and eat of the body of Christ and then go out into the world. It is our tradition for our ushers to bring you a row at a time to the front. We invite you to take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and commune, and then return to your seats by the side aisles. If it's hard for you to walk forward, please tell the ushers, and we would be happy to come to you with the bread and the cup. To his table, he bids us come. The table is set, the cup is poured, and he is, there is always room, he says, for one more. So come, you who have been to this table often, and you who have not been for a long time, you who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who feel like you've lost your way, it is Christ himself who invites us. So come.
all is ready.
let us pray together. So Lord, out of this table, we ask that you would send us out into the world, even in the darkness and the difficulties and the troubles and the pains. Not only close by with our families and our neighbors, but that we might impact the wider world of our country and the nations. We remember the needs of those that struggle with power in various places around the world and ask for your intervention. For those that are struggling with fires and changes of climate, like our Australian friends, we pray that you would intervene and bring your goodness and grace. And for the world and its continued struggle to recognize your presence, may you show up and show yourself as we offer ourselves and put us ourselves in your hand. And through Jesus Christ, amen. As the service concludes, if you would like someone to pray for you or to pray with you, there'll be some prayer ministers right over here and they would love to do that. So this is a special day of celebration for me because I had a couple of people show up from my background. John and Roberta Hessenus are right down here in the front. They didn't know I was going to call attention to them, but I'm going to do it. Because she's a Miriam in my life. So I hope you get a chance to say hello to them. As you go today, let's stand. (laughs) May you go with a strong sense of remembering God's powerful interventions, even in the midst of the tough places and that God is sending you out in the name of Jesus to be light for the world. And may you pray for other people to show up as light in the darkness. Go in the grace, mercy, and peace of Christ. Amen.